Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Bayside, New York, here on Thursday, April the 12th, 2012. It is 9.30 p.m. It is Tuesday night. <laughs> it's Thursday night, isn't it? It's time for Ready to Unload with Callan Sandpete, the podcast, live, Bayside, New Jersey, Comac. We're all over the place. Let me bring in my very uh, fatigued, my very tired, my uh, fatty good uh, co-host, He's exhausted. I don't know what we're going to have. Five-hour energy. I don't know if we're going to have to intravenously do coffee. My partner in crime, my partner in rhyme, my partner in... <laughs> so tired. Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caltired. Hi, Caltired. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> well, oh. the, the great thing about your fatigue this evening, though, is that it's making you talk like a like a stooge from Jersey. Oh. I don't understand why why you're so fatigued that it makes you sound like uh, like a ridiculous Jersey Shore sort of character. I don't know. That's that, that's what happens. So when you get tired, you become a complete Italian American caricature. Well, that's what happens. Yes, yes, because I can't I can't put on these airs anymore. I revert back to my core. You know, it's funny. My core. Your core. It's funny because Dr. Ire uh, Stat asked in the chat room a couple weeks ago, I think it was about two weeks ago, when did the Jersey Shore Italian-American become the Italian-American? Like, I'm I'm 100% Italian. Cal, you're half Italian and also half uh, Le Canadien. The French is so nice. <laughs> Uh, and PJ, of course, our our, uh, our esteemed producer, is also Italian American. When did we become? When did? When? Why is it Bozo Land? He wanted to know, and I think he's right. Like there's, there used to be what we when we were growing up, there were Guidos, 
right? Like right. From Guidos. Like, you didn't even have to be an Italian American to be a Guido. You, you could be anything. No, you just needed to drive a Camaro. Right. You needed an IROC and a Dream. Like, that's that's all you needed there. So when did Jersey Shore become the accepted? Like, my in-laws in Texas, they think were, uh, I mean, I think they were genuinely surprised when they came to the wedding and they didn't see the situation. <laughs> Like what? What? Ha- why is this? I'm not happy with this. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know when that happened. But you're right. That seems to be the uh, the impression of all Italian Americans these days. I mean, it, it, did it not shift from like mafioso, like completely mafia, and now we're all blown out hair dudes people? Well, it's it's all you are also in the mafia. You're either you either just go tanning or you're in the mafia. That's it's one of the two. Correct. Pige, you've seen this phenomenon. Let's uh, welcome our producer, of course, uh, uh, Cal, the, the esteemed uh, Paul Cachopo. Hey, what are you doing? What do you say? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Who does an hey. awful, awful Italian. Yeah, I, what, what is that? <laughs> That's awful. That is just awful. What, what are you doing? What are you saying? What? Forget about it. <laughs> That's excellent. You're really, That's top notch. Uh, when, when did this happen, Peach? When did it become, you know, the rest of the country now all thinks uh, Italian-Americans are the situation? It happened as we transitioned from the Corleone family to the Soprano family. Ah. ah. This is a phenomenon that started in the late 90s with the Sopranos. I think you I might see. be onto something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It you know it used to be you know uh, you know uh, Godfather Two Bruno Kirby you know right big Italian hey. and that was like yeah that was but isn't it amazing how Italian Americans didn't mind the mafia one so much this one we mind it's true it's true like being considered a jackass like the situation there was a bit more status involved with. I'm assuming that you that you sounded like a gangster. Right. This is this one we have a bit of a problem with. At least it meant you had a career. That's that's correct. <laughs> I I just I don't know, Cal. Cal, do you think? Uh, do you? <laughs> I just keep going back to your your dialect. The minute we got on the phone tonight, I just I don't understand. You're so tall, and you were dropping the f bomb like it was going out of style, which is very out of character for you. But yeah, well, I'm, I, now you know we're in a professional environment. I'm not going to yeah. do that now, but we are. Yeah. Oh my! Bad. I can't. I can't do a good. Uh, I can't even. I can't even say the word I was going to say. I can't even do a stereotypical Italian accent unless I'm cursing. That's true. <laughs> it gets weaker if I don't curse. I have to be able to drop many bombs. Right. Well, this goes back to the fact that I only know curses in Italian. Like, I can't speak a lick of Italian, but I know a whole bunch of curses. I have no idea what I'm saying. Well, you also know when you're in trouble in Italian, too. Yes. No, absolutely. We should, any, you know, any of us with, with Italian grandmothers can vouch for that. Right. You know what we should do right now? I would love to, but we can't. We should call – I would love to call Uncle Tommy right now, call Big Polly, because he, he does the greatest fake Italian. It's it's basically like Italian gibberish. But he is Italian. No, no, but he doesn't speak Italian. Oh, okay. But he'll like call up like and leave a message on my voicemail and be like, 
E quanto è questo red? Uno faccio gazza baffangul! And it's like, a, it's like an eight minute message. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. And, he, and it's all about the, uh, the way he goes up and down. Like, so it'll be like, E quanto è questo? E quanto è questo? E quanto è questo? E quanto è questo? E quanto è <laughs> it comes back down, you know. It's 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 authentic prairie gibberish, no doubt. It's all, it's all about inflection. That's that's correct. You're absolutely right. It's all about the inflection. Anyway, um, they teach you in acting school, just so you know. Is that? Is that <laughs> I'm not sure if you if you were aware of that. Thanks. <laughs> I had no, I had no idea. Oh yeah, no, that's that's what they that's what they go over. Yeah, I've never. Uh, I don't know what you're t- acting. No, not of no. course. You know, I mean, to get academic about it, you know that we owe the Brooklyn Italian accent to the Dutch. Oh, wow. Here we go. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. Uh, the lecture begins. If you... <laughs> Entirely inappropriate music for the lecture. <laughs> the first one I could find. It was either that or I was going to queue up Living Color, which I think was bad, too. I say, is that an apothecary who's going to give us a lecture right now? <laughs> that's just terrible. Everything I'm doing tonight is bad. I think that's a good theme. I think that's a good sign, yes. That's a good, <laughs> that's screws up the show. Early, that's definitely a good early sign. You just that's wrote these the recaps. The title of the recap is BG screwed up the show from head to toe. <laughs> that's magnificent. Go so, on. Tr- uh, truly, that uh, the the Dutch settlers in the five boroughs, um, had that strong accent and it got that Brooklynese to it when they began to speak English with it. And as they left... Go on. As they left and the Italians moved in, they assimilated that because that was the local English. And then just combined it with their Italian. So that broken sort of Brooklynese Italian is actually to the Dutch. Yeah, it's, it, it originates with the Dutch, that whole, you know, hey, what hey, what are you going to do? Hey, that. <laughs> that was a Dutch that was, first did that. Started with Dutch. You so know, it got, you, I mean, if anything, remar- the Italians added a lilt to it that wasn't there before. Right. You know what would be remarkable now is to hear a Dutch person speak with a Brooklyn accent like that. Like a Brooklyn Italian accent, like a really fair-haired, like blue-eyed, you know, wearing lederhosen and being like, "Hey, what are you gonna do over there? Forget hey. about it." Yeah, I'm Dutch. We want that, from that's me. it. That's that's it. You just nailed it right there. I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm Dutch. You got a problem? That's right. <laughs> there are literally no Dutch people speaking that way ever. No, no, they're not. <laughs> so great if they had hung on to that, though. Hey, what are you going to do about it? I'm Dutch. <laughs> 45 like minutes of the freaking dry cleaner. <laughs> what? You are literally every bad <laughs> Italian-American dialect ever. I feel like I I'm going to see a really bad performance of Danny in the Deep Blue Sea right now. <laughs> you got to let me curse. If you let me curse, it'll fly, but I can't. I, it's too self-editing. Funkin' A. That's your mother father. Do you remember that sketch, Cal? Yeah. Tony Danza? Yeah. 
the War of the Worlds. The Brooklyn Theater of Arts presents the War of the Worlds. Fucking <laughs> A. Great, great sketch. Um, so that was uh, the first lesson for tonight. There'll be more to come. Excellent. There's a uh, a lot of uh, the sports type stuff to talk about. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. But I I did I did get a little thrown off by Cal's immediate fatigued Italian American dialect. That's not even that's not even Italian American though. That's Brooklyn. No, no like, that, what yeah. You're doing, what you're doing is like down the shore or or in I shouldn't say down the shore. That's Philly. <laughs> it's one of the guys that, all week. Cal has been doing the Philly dialect. Uh huh. Because he had to go down there for a meeting or whatever, so he keeps asking me to do it. Because we, you know, my buddy Terry, right, is from Northeast Philly, from Mayfair, and Terry uh, used to have like a real severe Philly accent, Philly dialect, and it's really hard to do. You know, like we used to get voicemails, or not voicemails. We still had an answering machine after college, when uh, Terry and I and a couple other guys had a place in Brooklyn. And his buddies would call up Cal and be like, yo, Terry, what's up? It's Jonesy. We're coming up there. What are you doing? You guys doing anything? We're coming up there. Hang out. Boot. We'd be like, uh, Terry, somebody called to you. We have no idea what you're saying. From Philly. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. No idea. He's, I think his name was Jonesy. That's <laughs> yo, Terry, it's Jonesy. Going down Broad Street? What are you doing? We're coming up there. Get some hoagies. Oh, that's all of South Jersey, too. Yeah. Go see the Eagles. We got a lot of those in my neighborhood because they move. What are Flyers doing? Flyers lost last night, huh? That's a shame. Down Broad, Broad Street, Broad Street. I can't even say it. It's tough. That's a great dialect. That's a hard one to do. It's a tremendous dialect. Just say Eagles. That's <laughs> where it comes from. Just say Eagles a lot. Go, get you go down and see the Eagles. <laughs> then I get into Pittsburgh a little bit with it too, so that's 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 not great. Fine line. Yep. Uh, Cal. Cal. Uh, the Rangers are in action tonight. Uh, uh, hockey, NHL playoffs. I yeah. Just, I, I want to talk about it. Here's what I want to talk about. They're like smoking the Senators tonight. Spoiler alert. They're, uh, they're smoking the Senators. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was 4 nothing when I came on the air. When I came on the air, because you're, you're just tired tonight. What do you think of what do you think Life. of playoff hockey? That was the big question we were asked. It wasn't so much we, we were going to talk about the Rangers or four two now, by the way, four two. Yeah, uh, Ottawa making it interesting, but it Come wasn't back. so much we were going to talk about the Rangers uh, in specific. Although they have a very good team, they're the one seed. Uh, they could go very deep into the playoffs, which would be very exciting in town here. And now it's over. Final four two. Final four two. So the Rangers take game one of that series against the Ottawa Senators, uh, which has to hurt you double, Cal. Because you hate the uh, Rangers and you're French Canadian. Yeah, but I'm more. I'm not from Ottawa. Right, but don't you French Canadians no. all just no. know each other? No, 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 no. The French Canadian say we, we. Oh, we, we. The the French Canadian is separate than the rest of the Canadian. I see. And where are where are they concentrated? We'll get we'll get into that some other time, but uh, that could be another lesson. Yeah, French Canadian is concentrated in Quebec. Is that Cajun? What is, what are you doing? Yeah, Quebec, Quebec, not Quebec, Quebec. <laughs> is this Night of a Thousand Dialects? What is going on? It's that's Night of a Thousand Cajun. Bad that's not a Cajun to me. That was good. That was Cajun, right? It was a little Cajun. 
Little cable I can French Canadian. Every song. Oh, no. Uh, and then suddenly I reference Running Scared. Right. <laughs> fine film from 1984. Uh, starring Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. And a young Jimmy Smith. Um, I don't happen to like Ottawa. Um, as an Islander fan, you wouldn't really be a huge Ottawa fan either. So it's one of those series where you don't have too much of a vested interest in, but for the fact that it is playoff hockey, yes, that's where your interest lies because playoff hockey just might be one of the most exciting things in all of sports. I, I totally agree. And it's the one playoff uh, playoffs that I can watch when I don't have a team in it. Now, I'll watch baseball, but I'm usually very bitter. Very bitter. You will, well, no, you will also watch the NFL playoffs. Uh, yes, but it's not half-heartedly. Yeah, I guess you're calling me out on this. And, and I can honestly say, and I never thought I'd be able to say this as a Jet fan, but the Jets have been in the playoffs a lot. Uh, <laughs> Considering their history over the last since Parcells took over, yeah. So go back, go back thirteen years. They've been in the playoffs at least six of those years, right? They have. At least, maybe they even have. more. I think they've been in seven out of uh, the last thirteen seasons. That's you know, that's a far cry from from yeah. same old Jets. That's a far cry from once from uh, nineteen eighty five or you know nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety eight. Um, but look, I, I, all I'm saying is I can take an interest in multiple series. I can flip on a game and just watch it. Now, of course, I'm watching the NFL playoffs, but again, it's 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 bitter. Like, I'm not bitter right now watching the NHL playoffs. I'm not. Well, it's, it's very it's very tough to be bitter when your team doesn't even sniff the playoffs and is in the lottery for the fifth straight year. Right, and is in a 14 year rebuilding mode. Hey, so if I told you uh, Washington, Boston, no score, ten thirty to go in the third, does that interest you? I'm turning that on, right? I mean, if we weren't doing a show, right? But I'm just, but that's the point. Exactly. Like I'll, I'll flip that on because it's just playoff hockey. There's nothing like it, right? And that's that's one of the reasons it's so difficult. Like Ranger fans have been a, a bit merciless of late in the uh, in the old office. Uh, on me about the Islanders and about being yeah. an Islander fan. Really? Yeah, you know, it's uh, look, Brian, we've talked about this. It's fun to give Sam Pete crap. You know, it's just become a it's become a very you know, as Dan, our buddy Dan, told me over and over again. Danny uh, uh, Bacala told me over and over again. It's just fun. Everybody's just having good natured ribbing at my expense. Right, and and you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Have to that, be able to laugh at it. Right. Right. So I'm not supposed to. Right. I'm not supposed to take it personally that people continually seem to take joy in the fact that my team stink and that I'm miserable. See, that's strange. I have I have a guy in the office who's a big time Ranger fan, and the way he explains it to me is that the Islanders are kind of irrelevant to him. So there's nothing like really to hate about them. It's very different though for a lot of Ranger fans, Cal, because that's the one team. That no matter how much of a joke they become, I can still, I, when I'm forced to, 
take out the four straight Stanley Cups in four years and take out the greatest. And thankfully, even though we were young, we watched it. You know, right. Even though we were nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, we watched it. Right. We experienced it. We experienced it. We didn't experience it as adults, but we experienced it as kids, and we watched every game. So, so it counts think, on our ledger. It does. And when the twenty-seven-year-old Ranger fan gives me crap about you know uh, uh, Potvin sucks or whatever, I'm like, well, at least I got to see Dennis Potvin win four Stanley Cups and play. It's like I have a hard time with you chanting Potvin sucks since you never even saw him play. Right. Or how about when they chanted at an Ottawa playoff game, which they did tonight. Right, they did tonight. That, but that's, I mean, that's just, you know. That's part, I know, it's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. But I think the Ranger fan has, the Ranger fan will always have a bit of the, the, the chip on their shoulder. A bit of the... Uh, they do. The... Uh, that they always say that Jed and Met fan has. And you know what? The Ranger the Ranger fan hates everyone. The Ranger fan hates the Islanders, hates the Devils, oh, hates sure. the Flyers, hates the Penguins, and all equally, they just they hate everyone. Yes. You know? It's it's wild that the you know, the Islanders are of course not the big brother. You know, it's not a big brother little brother thing with the uh Rangers and Islanders, but there's still an inferiority complex there with the Ranger fan. Like, we won last in 94. Yeah, four straight, 19 straight playoff series. No one's ever done it. It's one of the greatest dynasties in the history of sports. Next question. The defense rests. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, okay. You just walk away. At that point, you just walk away. That's it. We, yeah, we but, but, yeah, but Messier. And you're just walking away at that point because you, you, they, can't, right. they can't stop it. You bought yourself one little Stanley Cup. It's cute. <laughs> So, but I, 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 I do. I can't imagine it's been so long since the Islanders have been in the playoffs. But playoff hockey, as a fan, is I mean, gut wrenching. Oh yeah, every goal, every every rush down the ice, you're like, no, get it out! Like there's and, a power play, you're screaming, get it out! And you know what's amazing about it? The first game in round one is exactly like the seventh game in the Stanley Cup. That's right. The intensity goes goes through all four rounds. It's exactly the same at, at that level for two months. Can you uh, pick up, a, since, again, we're Islander fans in the constant rebuild, but with the glorious history, <laughs> can you uh, pick up a team to, to root for? Obviously, it's not going to be in the East. I, I'm, I'm Just real quick, before you answer that, I'm sort of amazed consistently year in and year out how much I hate the Rangers. No matter no matter what, no matter who wears that jersey, when they're playing the Islanders, it's it's visceral. Well like, it's, it's the a dislike product, is visceral. It's a product of the sport too. Yes. Exactly. It's so, they actually they actually can fight. It's such a physical sport and, and, and the intensity is just ratcheted up a hundred notches when they play each other. I just, no matter how good or bad both teams may be. That's right. Doesn't make a difference. Right. I see that, and it's whoever wears that Ranger sweater doesn't matter. It's true. They, they're all they're nameless to me. They might as well not have names on the back of their jerseys. Right. They're just a bunch of toothless goons. That's it. I hate them all equally. They're cheap shot artists. They're crybabies. Right. It's, it's amazing. But the, but the great thing is the Ranger fan feels that way about the Islanders. That's true. They do. They hate 
<laughs> so many Ranger fans just hate the Islanders. And and I, I think let's talk about on the ice, Cal. Well, can you root for a team? Can you get behind anybody in this playoffs? You, you know, I it's it's strange. I've never had a problem with the Devils. Ever. Yeah, I'm not a big fan, but I could, but it Devils Rangers, forget about it. I'm getting a Brodeur jersey. I mean, I I did buy a Devils jersey in '94. Yes, I remember. Well, the Islanders lost in the first round that year. They the Rangers. They got swept. They, they got swept handily. Yeah, I think it was. I think they got outscored twenty-two to three. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Um, and then the Devils, that Devils series, I became the biggest Devils fan in the world. And that was, and that was, that was just a classic series too. Oh, it was a tremendous series with Mateau, of course, right. going seven games, and Game Seven, and Messier with the guarantee in Game Six, right? That they would win and get to a Game Seven. Um, I, I, I think I can get behind the Kings a little bit. Well, they're you know they're they're the scrappy underdogs, scrappy underdog. They're in L.A. I lived in L.A. No one cares oh, about them okay. in L.A. Right? No one cares about them in L.A. So I can totally bandwagon jump there. No one will even care. You know, if they make like a deep run and I get on the Kings bandwagon, no one cares. Right? They, they, they don't, oh, they they have a hockey team in L.A. Yeah, we got uniforms and everything. And they stole the first game of their series too. They did. Um, so I could get behind the Kings, but the the now the Knicks with a huge win last night over the Bucks, right? So they're holding on to that. I think they are they the seven or the eight? Right now they're the eight. I think they're half a game behind Philly, who is the seven. Right. But they're two up on Milwaukee. Two up on Milwaukee with eight to play. They have a very difficult schedule. They do. Oh, have we moved on from hockey? By the way. No. Well, I was going to tie this into the fact that. Oh, okay. The playoffs are hap- the playoffs if the Knicks make it, which they should. The playoffs are happening at the Garden. It's you know it's Charles and Jimmy Dolan's dream, right? You know both teams in the playoffs at the same time. I don't know how many times that's happened over the last fifteen years. Not that many. Maybe two. Right. That both of them were in the playoffs. That both of them were in the playoffs at the same time. Well, the Knicks went what ten years without being in the playoffs. Right. The Knicks were in last year, as were the Rangers. Right. And then maybe the last time was like... oh four, oh four, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it was the year that the Knicks got swept by the Nets. Right, that's right. I think it was oh four. One of the I, one I don't of the, know if the Rangers made the playoffs that year, though. Hmm. Anyway, it's, it's a rare occurrence. So what we're saying is the Garden is rocking. The Garden was rocking tonight for the Rangers. Madison Square Garden will be rocking if the Knicks get in the playoffs. And the Knicks are playing without... Amari Stoudemire, uh, they're playing fantastic ball under Woods and Cal. I, I now, <laughs> I've run so many roller coaster and gamuts with this team this season where I couldn't watch them. I liked watching them. Lynn Sanity. Now there's no Lynn. Now there's no Amari. Woodson takes over. Dan Tony fired. Thank goodness, because I thought he should have been out two years ago. And you never liked him. No. no matter how little you followed them, you that one thing stayed consistent. You never liked Mike D'Antoni. I just it's I just never thought his system was going to fit. I just never thought it was going to fit or work. Um, they really seem to be playing for Woodson still. That was a gutty effort last night. I saw some of the highlights. I didn't catch the whole game. Um, they have a very tough. They have eight games left. Cal very difficult remaining schedule. I know they have the Celtics on there. They have the Heat on there. But they start with the Wizards tomorrow night. They start with the Wiz. Tee hee, tee hee. Um, yeah, it's um, 
Here's their final eight games. If, what do you if, got? If you want them? I do. You want to? You want to go? Uh, you want to go win loss? Let's go. Let's do that. Let's do win. All right. Let's do win loss. Okay. Uh, uh, the Wizards. Wizards on Friday. That's a win. Uh, the where Heat, where is that game? Where is that game? At the Garden. That's a win. Uh, the Heat at the Garden with the great LeBron James. Is that a back-to-back, Mike? Uh, is that a back-to-back? Is that a back-to-back? Boom, boom, boom. Bing, bing, bing. No. I think I think I can pull that out. Okay. Followed by two days later against the Celtics. Again at the Garden. Three straight, Mike. The Mecca. Three straight. Uh, that's a win. Okay, you're giving them three. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna beat the Heat and the Celtics. <laughs> Why not? Make something funny, Mike. <laughs> no, that's um, a, that's a, that's. A, I I think they but they win two of three there. All right, so that, that's there. That's three games at home in a row. Then they go on the road for three games. They got the Nets. The win. The Cavaliers. The win. The Hawks. It's a loss. All right. They come home against the Clippers. It's a loss. They finish the season in Charlotte against the Bobcats. It's a win. So what do you got? I'm going four and four. I think I got them going five and three. Five and three. Yeah. You give them losses to the Clippers, to either the Heat or the Celtics. Yes. And to the Hawks. And to the Hawks. All right, five and three. I think five and three gets them in. Well, that means then the Milwaukee's got to play seven and one. Right, exactly. I think five and three gets them in. So it's looking like they're going to get in. Question becomes, can they get up to the seven seed, which would give them a date with the Heat? Well, who do you want to play? I mean, do you want to play the Heat in the first round? No, I mean, they they seem to match up well with, with the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I think with and Derek Rose is banged up and stuff. I think he'd rather play the Bulls. It'd be interesting though to see this Nick team in the playoffs and and they, can they kick it up another notch? You know, Carmelo Anthony has has certainly uh, made. It's it's funny. You hate to say he's made the leap because he's Carmelo Anthony, but as a Nick. He has he has taken that 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 step that everybody yeah. kind of expected from him. He's made the New York leap. He's, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, he's made the leap here. He had already made the leap in uh, in Denver. He's oh, well, made yeah. the leap here uh, and become that guy and, and the guy. Really, he's really taken on the role as leader of this team too, which he had shied away from over the last year. You have. If they get in the playoffs and maybe they get Lynn back, uh, but they they become a dangerous team because, for, to me, for two reasons. One, they can play a defensive game. At some point in the playoffs, you have to – that's why I, I always thought D'Antoni was never going to win a championship. Because at some point in the in the NBA playoffs, you have to play one or two games, usually two, that are just defensive struggles. And you have to be able to shut a team down in the fourth quarter. Uh, Dallas finally did it and won a championship and was finally able to do it to the Lakers in the conference championship. You have to be able to do that. You have to have a team that can just put, you know, on a defensive uh, uh, show and shut down a team for a game. You got to win one of those games 
8680, you know, or 8879. You got to you got to have a crappy game like that. It's hard to do. But but this team can do that. This team can ratchet up the defensive intensity and play a shutdown fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Uh and the other reason is you have a score. I mean, you you have a bona fide score. That if you if you have a, a a good defensive effort and Tyson Chandler's playing well and and you you have guys like J.R. Smith and Novak and you know guys that can fill it up a little bit from outside, but you have the the alpha dog as Bill Simmons likes to call it. You have the score. You have the guy who can take the ball and put up a forty point night. You know, and then if he's not have if he's having an off night, you do have ancillary scoring there. You know, you could have a Novak put up a twenty two point night out of nowhere. You know, or J.R. Smith. Smith. Yeah, J.R. Smith. Uh, Smith fills it up for twenty six and hits you know four three pointers. You, 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 they, they do have that. But the fact that they can play defense at some point, you know, and ratchet up the defensive intensity at some point in a playoff series is huge to me. It makes them dangerous. I'm not saying they're going to win, right? But it does make them dangerous. You know, I, I think the real interesting thing to me, and I want to move on to baseball in a sec, but. The real interesting th- thing to me, Bry, is that the Rangers, this is probably the best team they've had in a long time. You know, I, I, I think. I, I think it's one of the more complete teams that they've had in a long time. And they do have a stellar goaltender. I am not a Lundqvist fan. Sorry, I'm not. Really? I mean, Why? Because he's great, but what's he ever won? <sighs> He gets the accolades like he's won four Stanley Cups. I don't I don't think he does though, Steve. Oh, he does. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing about the great and the king and the crap. He's never won a Stanley Cup. Can you win one for me, please? I mean he, Mar Martin Brodeur's won what, four, three? And two of those teams he carried on his back? You know Yeah, he's only won two playoff series. I know. That's what I'm saying, but I don't. But I, I don't think he gets the accolades like like you oh, say that he does. He definitely does. Oh, he definitely does. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing about what a magnificent goaltender he is. Can he's he good. win a playoff series? Right. Can he get to a cup? All right. If, if, if that if if that's what he needs to do, then then you're right. He does. I'm I'm sorry. He does. You don't like the cover of Sports Illustrated, then, I presume. No, I don't care for it. That's uh, I don't know what's on it. it, Well, it's it's Henrik Lundqvist, but a little little too. It's a little too much, Steve. (laughs) It's it's a picture of Pele. That probably has you very upset. Stop begging the question. (laughs) It is. It's way too much. What has this guy ever won? What has he ever won? He didn't win an Olympic gold medal. He's won two playoff series. That's it. Yeah, that's it. In what seven years? Enough. With the, oh, he has no support. Really? Oh, the, were those Brodeur teams juggernauts? I must have missed a fifty-goal scorer on uh, those uh, Devil teams. Please. Enough. It's interesting. It's an interesting uh, take. Enough. Get to a cup. Right now, I take Chris Osgood. Thanks in his prime. Get to a cup. What is it? What is an NHL goalie measured on? Money, playoff, victories. Being a money goalie, you can win all the Vesnia trophies you want. Knock yourself out. 
get me to a Stanley Cup, and then I'll call you an elite goaltender. Okay? Enough. Uh, Here endeth the rant. (laughs) You're not wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think he gets the accolades that you are giving him credit for. And he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Well, he's good looking. Come and on. It's, and it's he's the king and all this. King, but there's a King Henrik. That was his. Uh, I get it. He gets a lot of accolades for a goalie who's never won anything. I'm, he okay. is awfully celebrated in this town for a goalie who's never won anything. Never won anything. All right. Get get to a Stanley Cup Finals, will you please? Do you know it's it's been twelve, uh, fifteen years since both teams played? I just I had to look it up because it was bothering me. Nineteen ninety seven was the last time both teams were in the playoffs at the same time. The Rangers and the Knicks. Yeah, because the Rangers went through eight playoffless seasons in the late nineties, early aughts, and they didn't make it. They made it last year though, didn't they? But last, yeah. So no, last, no, last year they did not. They lost on a shootout on the last day of the right. season. Right, the Rangers lost. The, they lost the eighth seed last year. That's right. Right. So wow, fifteen if, years. I, that's crazy. You know, because back when we were young, that's every a, year, a lot of bad basketball and hockey in the Garden. I know, but when but when, when we were you know in high school and college, the mm-hmm. the Garden every single year, Rangers and, and Knicks played every oh, single ni- year. Ninety four. Ninety four. They were both big in the year. finals. Right. Then the Rangers won it, and then Knicks lost. Wow, 15 years. So uh, we're back. First time in 15 years, if the Knicks can close out the deal. Let me ask you a question, Steve, since you spend spend more time in the old big city than I do. I do. I'm there every day. I'm much more of a suburbanite. Yep, I'm hoofing it every day. I like to ply my craft on the expressway. (laughs) I'm in there every day, Cal, beating beating the pavement. You're 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 pounding the pavement. I'm uh, I'm hanging out by the malls, and and the parkways. That's right. Give me a sense of of the mood in in the city since both teams this 15 years now since both teams were in the playoffs. What, yeah, I have no idea. You don't get any kind of. Yeah, vibe. I don't. I don't go out anymore. Okay. Yeah. I go. I go to work and I come home. Yeah, but I mean, you but you, you are in the city. I am, and and um, I will tell you this: being on the train line, being on the LIRR line, I take it every day at, uh, at Woodside, um, or I or I take it, you know, from Bayside into Penn Station, and so I see a lot of people going to games and stuff, and going into Penn. Um, Rangers, Ranger fans are pumped. Yeah, I mean, there's I see a lot of Ranger fans on. Uh, there's a good vibe. There's a really good vibe. They're excited about the, at least for the Rangers. They're excited about the team. They they really think that this is a, a team that should win a cup uh, or at least get to the cup finals. They really think like this is their year. It's a good vibe. You know, the city's still – honestly, Brian, the city's still really buzzing with the Giants. Really buzzing. Still? Yes. Interesting. Still a lot of Giant gear. Still a lot of people wearing Giant hats. You see, like I, like I envision – Two people walking down the street. Two strangers. One's wearing a Nick hat. One's wearing a Ranger hat. And they both flash the number one at each other. Like, yeah. Yep. Rangers, Knicks. That does York. not happen. Hmm. Not happen. Interesting. You know where that happens in uh, like uh, the Let's Go Mets video. 
No, you know where it had, you know what I was thinking of was when Major the, League. Yeah, when the Cleveland Indians started winning. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and you know, the construction worker and the punk rocker right. are, are hugging. Right. Yeah. And the and the construction worker is? Uh, is Neil Flynn. Is Neil Flynn. Janitor uh, from Scrubs. Otherwise known as Janitor. Yes. Do you have a favorite Scrubs episode? Yes. Oh. I have a favorite Scrubs moment. Okay. What do you got? It's definitely the lip sync episode where they form the lip sync band <laughs> and Turk does the dance to Poison by uh, Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I just figured out a name for your band. Courtesy Flush. <laughs> I've tried so many times to uh, uh, do that dance. Ah, it's not good. It's hard to do. It's tough to watch. I'm not uh, a hoofer. You're not. I may be hoofing it in the city. Not a hoofer. That's fine. Not Nobody, a, you're not, not expected to be. Not a dancer. PJ's you know? seen me dance. PJ, PJ can attest to the fact that I am not good. Not not good. I think one of the great band moments, Cal, that we ever had, when I first joined the band and we were Johnny Rockstar with PJ. Right. Which was making fun of me. Yes. Is, uh, of when I walked in the door, uh, I had like a copy of On the Road and like a flannel on and a notebook, like a Marvel notebook and... PJ's like, who brought Johnny Rockstar? Well, you know, and and let's, in full disclosure, this was the mid nineties. It's great. It was late nineties, but it was yes, it was ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, I don't know why it sounded so like maybe. Lorne Mi- I don't know why I went Lauren Michaels just then. It was ninety eight, ninety nine. So maybe a little less acceptable at that point. It was still acceptable, but I, I, I really. You know, it was like winter when I came to sing with the band for the first time. It was on, uh, I was on tour with the show. Right. With the Broadway show. And it was, we were, we had a week break over Valentine's Day. So it was February. So I was home in New York. It was real cold and it was like a cold night. I was staying with Scott out on the island. So I took the train. I had like my, my, uh, Army Navy overcoat, you know, my Lloyd Dobler special. Uh, Did you have a canvas duffel bag? No, it didn't go duffel bag. I yeah. uh, I had, uh, you know, like a CD Walkman or whatever. Okay. Know, for my tunes. Sure. And uh, took the subway to go to rehearsal. And I had my marble notebook, of course, uh, you know, to write my lyrics in. Oh, and uh, and uh, And I had a copy of On the Road. I had just finished reading On the Road. Um, so I, you know, I took that everywhere with me because, you know, and I think I had like shorts on. I think it was like 50 degrees, <laughs> but I had like tacky shorts on. and Right. Work boots probably. Right. Work boots and a flannel. Yeah. And I walk in and PJ had known me for a really long time. The guys in the band had known me for a while uh, outside of that. <laughs> Who brought Johnny Rockstar? <laughs> and uh, so that became the name of the band. But our first producer... Uh, had wanted to had produced like a rapper or something like that, or not our first producer. Well, our producer, the guy who was going to manage us, was this sort of famous manager, but he only did like rap and pop acts and stuff like that. How appropriate, right? But he really liked us, and his his note when he saw saw us play live was, "Can we get Steve to dance?" 
this is like at the height of like NSYNC and you know Backstreet Boys and all this. Oh things. boy, is that? Am I telling that story completely incorrectly, Peach? <laughs> Almost entirely. <laughs> wow. So let's hear the real story, PJ. Here comes the fact checker. Wow. That's I said fact. I said fact, not fat. Wow. Fact checker. <laughs> well, the re- the reason we arrived at the name Johnny Rockstar, what what, what you do say is all true, um, but it was actually a name that we gave you way back when you dropped in on another band's session <laughs> when we were coming down from college because we had gotten ourselves some free recording studio time in Manhattan. Oh, that's right. And we were all just too cool for school at the time. You know, it was a midnight session, which for some reason felt really cool to us, you know. Right. We were recording from midnight to six, and it was fantastic. And it was then, I mean, you couldn't have been more than 19. Yeah. I, no, I was probably a freshman in college. And and you came to the session, too. <laughs> and it was at that session where you were the most ridiculous person we'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And... And we were we were all sitting around. This was this was also the session where I had gotten screamed at for making coffee. If you were if you recall the night, I do recall that. And I have made it my life's mission since to be good at making coffee because I was so embarrassed. By right, that. right. Are, are you good at it now, PJ? I can make a great cup of coffee. So we were all <laughs> sitting on these couches, and you didn't you didn't arrive until a little bit later. So we were re- re- relaxing after, I think, the first go-through. And then you walked in, and you did have some sort of knapsack at the time. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, no you doubt. walked in, you said hi to everybody, and we were all looking across at each other. And then you walked into the other room, and we were like, boy, Scott's brother, he's like real Johnny Rockstar, isn't he? <laughs> And so that name was actually trailing you for years. <laughs> wow. And every, but everybody had forgotten about it. And yeah. then when you came when you came back it was like, "Oh yeah, he's Johnny Rockstar." <laughs> Johnny Rockstar. There you so go. So we're jerks and we did it to you twice and I apologize. That's okay. Was it, I I always thought it was a great band name. <laughs> At the time it was a very good band name. Next on Stampedeology. <laughs> Stampedeology. Everything was going well, and then it all came crashing down. When behind the music returns, and there is there is grainy video footage of you and I dancing together, synchronized on stage. Isn't yes, it? that's correct. All right, I think it was good. to uh, torn to the side. Is that correct? And while you say that you are a bad dancer, what people usually say to me is, "Wow, I had no idea you could be so light on your feet." People just expect <laughs> me to stomp around like an elephant. <laughs> PJ's a big guy. He's a big guy. Uh, you are very light on your feet, though. You are surprisingly agile. Agile. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Peach, let me ask you a question. Would you watch... So if the Knicks make the playoffs, will you watch a Knicks playoff basketball game with Danny, maybe? Playoffs, yes. Okay. Do you think you could get him into that? 
it might have to be it might have to be deep playoffs. It can't be it can't be early playoffs. <laughs> Possibly yeah. all post halftime, you know. <laughs> right. Your son is like third round or you know, nothing. Right. Fourth yeah. quarter. Right. Five no, points well, he's, left. he's like he's like me. He gets he gets engaged when he knows in advance that the stakes are high. Okay. Like he likes the match. He's been to City Field more than I have. And but I still can't get him interested in the number of wins that the Mets have. Hey, yeah, right. good. The Mets are doing so far. He doesn't care because he already knows that it's a long baseball season. Right. <laughs> don't you know? Don't tell him about it. He's seven, but he's already right. Well, he, God bless him. I wish. Yeah, I had exactly. He's he's learned something that the entire New York baseball media and every New York Mets fan doesn't have. <laughs> Perspective. Yeah, which is perspective on, and it's a long season, and yeah. like, there's no point in going out on the ledge after your team loses one game. Yeah. But well, that's that's magnificent. Uh, and, and he's he, a great dancer. He's a magnificent dancer. Look at the well talk. What a night for the teenager! And what a night it's turning into for Fabio Capello in England. <laughs> I found this guy. So now you realize two things. One, I have a theory that he, Lumont, this is Lumonti's version. He's completely cursing at us, by the way. We yeah, yeah. Like the entire song, Tony. Go up yourself. And then, then the other thing is, you're taking a trip through like in a cash. The cash is that nice. Like we did a couple of times. I don't know how I did that. Do you know how many people only know that as the seventh inning stretch song uh, for the Mets? Yes, that is the Mets seventh inning stretch song at uh, City Field. No idea that that was an actual song. Right. And I have we... a Lou Monte album. Wow. You and my grandmother. Yes. It's probably <laughs> the same album. Probably the same album. <laughs> uh but what's great about it is if if you let it play out, he does he does the second part of it in English. So now you know what he's singing. Right now I'll do this in English for all. Oh, oh it makes sense now. Now I see what right. you do. Second stanza. I love that's, how he. That's, that's a more awesome. classical Italian American accent that that he's doing. Yes, well, because he's a genuine Italian American. <laughs> And could you could you imagine if someone wrote a song like that today? No. Remember, About, shut up at your face. Shut up at your face, Baba. That, 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 that was a parody, though. This was Lazy Mary's, you know, Lazy Mary. Go get go get some tablecloths over there. Right, right, right. <laughs> move, <laughs> move it. <laughs> uh, for those of you, uh, speaking of City Field, Segway. Wow, well done. You know what, Pete? Danny would, Danny would be. We were talking. Can we just before we move on to the Mets and the Yankees? Can we just revisit match game? Okay, we were talking about match game before we started the show tonight. And Cal, what's the theme music? That's the thinking music. Right. That's when all the celebrities are are writing feverishly on those yeah. oversized. Index cards. Right. Please right. explain. Okay. Please explain the conceit of the show to me again. Please explain how it worked. How match game worked? Yeah. 
Okay, you'd have there were two, two contestants. EJ. Right. Yeah. They were given a fill in the blank sort of joke or riddle. Right. It was always provocative though to get an audience reaction. Yes, it, it was yes, it was nineteen seventies provocative. Right. And so the and they would go to a panel of six celebrities to give their um, their answer, and whoever got the most matches got the most points. Got the m- most matches to what it actually was? The contestant would give their answer first. For example, yeah. It was please. up a tree without a blank. And if the contestant was a total boob, she would say monkey. <laughs> and the audience would groan. Oh, she was up a tree without a monkey. Brett? And Brett they'd go to Brett Summers, and she, she was like, well, I didn't know what to write either, so I wrote Richard Nixon. <laughs> I was up a tree without Richard Nixon. <laughs> And you had you had of course the inimitable Gene Rayburn Gene as the Rayburn. host, right? I do remember Nipsey Russell being on this show. Am I wrong? Yeah, he was on Always a lot. Rhyming. Nipsey Russell, Charles Nelson Riley, Artie Johnson appeared a lot. Wow. George Goble. George Goble, Brett Summer, Betty White was also on quite often. Right. Mm-hmm. Why do I remember a sound effect like that? Marsha Wallace. Marsha Wallace. Marsha Wallace of the New Heart show. Of New Heart, right. Up, I mean, up a tree without... I don't know if you mentioned Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson was on, yeah. Wait, Sally the... Struthers. Is that, wow. Just, I mean, like a who's who of 70s celebrities. Up, up a tree without Richard Nixon. This is what celebrities did then. Right. You know. You did the match game. You made 50 bucks, and you did the match game. did the match game. It was fun. Everybody partied afterwards. It was great. <laughs> the best was um, the spinoff that they had. TJ, you have to remember Match Game PM. Oh, boy. That's when Match Game got really big. Yeah. They went to Match Game PM. Whenever a, a game show would get its PM edition, you knew that they were starting to make real money. Like uh, Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares had a PM. Right. Syndicated. Yeah. The, I just I just I just I just wish I could see some of the I, I'm sure you can on YouTube or whatever. I just want to see some of those Nipsey Russell answers. Because I you know I have a strange fascination with Nipsey Russell. That's right. And all things Nipsey Russell. And it probably right. started from seeing Wildcats in the theater. And him being in Wildcats and being so uh and then also seeing him in uh The Wiz when I was a kid. Mm. Um because he's uh, who's he? The Tin Man. He's the Tin Man in the Wiz. Uh, but just <laughs> I, 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 my big, re- my big memory of Match Game is either Nipsey Russell or like I remember it vaguely. I remember Nipsey Russell. I remember Charles Nelson Riley. But it was was oh. it on in, in the eighty? Oh, <laughs> oh, Brett, oh. My, ch- <laughs> you sounded like you fell down when you were saying like a cat that fell off a chair. Right. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Kibbles and chung. And Charles get- Nelson Riley smoking a pipe on stage. Right. You always had an ascot. Right. <laughs> Oversized glasses. I I get Charles Nelson Riley and what's his name Paul Lynn though. 
I always confuse him and Paul Lind. Completely different people. No, absolutely, oh, yeah. but but just the just the imitation. Right, yeah. Because Paul Lind is sort of like this. <laughs> and Charles Nelson Riley's more, oh. <laughs> I love that we're talking about celebrities that haven't been celebrities in 30 years. 40 years. 40, well, we 40 years. We <laughs> Before. <laughs> Most of our cultural literacy, I guess, was all learned in a brief four-year period before junior high school. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like for, from nineteen, apparently from nineteen seventy-seven to nineteen eighty-two, all I did was watch television, <laughs> game shows. Apparently, right. That's all I did was watch game, was watch television. But I just, I just want to say, <laughs> special thanks to Coach McGrath who sold the last of the peanut brittle. <laughs> There's Nipsey. <laughs> right. The the peanut brittle. Uh, <laughs> Nibs Arazel. He was he was fantastic. It's just just even saying his name, Nibs Arazel. That's great to be here on Match Game, Nibs Arazel. <laughs> and peanut. You know the brittle. rhyming couplet. Right, right. Well, that, was that his Match Game thing? Oh yeah. I started out training, and then it ended up raining. <laughs> Ding, 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 right. Up a tree without a knee. <laughs> Up a tree with Richard Nixon. <laughs> I didn't know what to write. Oh, Brett Summers. Harvey Firestein was apparently on the show as well. Oh, God. I don't was know you, what to write. Was Brett Summers related to Elkie Summers? I have no idea. I don't know what Brett Summers ever did. Other than game shows. <laughs> All she did. And she looked different every time she appeared. Yes. Huge yes. glasses one day. Yes. Long she flowing had glamour hair. hair. Sometimes she would have small hair. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, they just you just you can't have a phenomenon like that anymore. We have like American Idol. You can't have a phenomenon like that anymore. No, it wouldn't work. And that game was great. Right. And that was when the cult of celebrity was like a good thing, you know, like uh, it just, it just seems so much more innocent and less like oh. now, now the people on match game would be there because they uh, did a sex tape. Oh yeah. No, your, your panel would be like Kathy Griffin and Snooki. Right. Kendra. <laughs> right. Right. And the Octomom or whatever. Like you just have, it'd be dancing with the stars. Basically. Triumph, the, the insult dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I would pay him actually, to do that. Yeah, I, that would be a good one, actually. He he would be funny. That That's still... Triumph the Insult Dog at the premiere of the new Star Wars is still... That was on Conan. is still probably the funniest five minutes of television I've seen in the last... I, I, I was crying. Crying. You know you what, know what I'm back You know what I'm talking visiting. about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was Conan sent Triumph the Insult comic dog to the premiere to to the line outside the premiere of the uh, of episode 1 of Phantom Menace right and it's just cal it is magnificent magnificent he just goes up to guy after guy after girl you know girl after girl or whatever he goes up to the Darth Vader <laughs> guy is dressed up in full Darth Vader regalia and he goes up to him and he's like <laughs> so tell me which button do you push to have your parents come pick you up? 
the guy, another guy's there dressed up as like uh, as like Gandalf, like inexplicably. <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing here, Gandalf?" Oh, I'm here, you know. And the guy's eating a, a fillet of fish, <laughs> and he goes, "Fillet of fish, the choice of all the wizards and warlocks." <laughs> Oh, it is so good. If you can YouTube that, Cal, you, you absolutely must. It's so good. It's the, the, there's one woman there who's dressed up, and she's pregnant. And she's dressed up as, like, Princess Leia or Padma or something like oh, that. Oh, I have seen this, I think. Right. <laughs> so tell me... <laughs> Will you explain? So he says something like, "Will you tell me? Will you explain someday to your child that this is the, when he's born that that's the last time he'll be that close to a vagina?" <laughs> oh, that's oh, it's so good! So good! Oh boy! Um, all right, let's talk about the Mets and the Yankees uh, because uh, the Mets started off like a house of fire. They won four games. Uh, their first four games, they're four and zero. Everybody's making fun of everybody. Uh, all the Mets fans were like, look, see, we told you. See? Mets fans got awfully mouthy. Right, especially with the fact that the Yankees were 0-3. The Yankees so. started out 0-3, three very difficult games in Tampa. And then the Mets lost the last two games of the series against the Nationals, Cal, and really looked awful doing it. I mean, awful. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Madden wrote today, Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the Mets' first ever game. The 1962 Mets uh, opened uh, uh, on April 11, 1962. And uh, Madden wrote about how, and not much has changed. Cue the snark. They played the same game they did in 62. They're the 62 Mets all over again. And you know what? I It was annoying and disgusting, and I am so tired of Bill Madden writing about the Mets because he's a died in the wool Yankee fan, but he wasn't wrong. He might actually be a Steinbrenner's son. Yeah, he might he might be the lost Steinbrenner. Uh, he, just, he wasn't he, wrong. They they were awful yesterday, Brian. Awful. Yeah, they were, but it's not that it doesn't make them the sixty two Mets, I, I know. No. But they were also missing their best player. And and there's not much else in that lineup if you take him out. And if Ike Davis and Lucas Duda are not hitting. And Jason Bay. Well, Jason Bay's not going to hit. Okay? Yeah, he's, I guess not he's part hit. of not much else in the lineup. Right. But it was amazing how defeated they looked. You you found out that Wright was coming was out of the lineup on Wednesday night about an hour before the game, maybe two hours before the game. Right. And it was amazing how defeated they looked when they took the field on Wednesday night. They really did. Lifeless. They they were completely lifeless. It was about 45 degrees. Uh, it was a really cold, windy night. And the stadium was dead. The Mets were dead. And then when he came out, uh, Wright came out on the bench in like the seventh. And Bay got a, Bay got a double. They scored a run. They, they had some life briefly because it was almost like, oh, he's back. He's okay. But th- there was no doubt in my mind once he was pulled from the lineup that they were losing that game on Wednesday night. Yeah, especially since they had started 4-0. Right. And then Santana and Strasburg yesterday, great pitching matchup. If I have to read one more article about how Johan would trade his present for Strasburg's future and 
Hey, you know what? Johan's been a pretty good major league pitcher. Okay? Can we can we just not really just not put the finishing touches on uh, Strasburg's bust just yet? You know, for the Hall of Fame. Can we just wait? Can we wait? That's all I'm asking. Say, Steve, if if you know if you were to give Johan Santana truth serum, yeah, he'd tell you that the Mets have cost him the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. Privately, he'd tell you that. As would David Wright. David Wright would tell you the same thing. Right, but but Santana more so because for the six years that he's with, five years that he's been here, they they haven't given him run support in any start ever. Right. So Besides the fact that he's been hurt for the last eighteen right. months, but, but they've but they've cost him, you know, probably thirty or forty wins. Yeah. Okay. And and again, I'm sorry. I know I just did this with Lundqvist, and I know Strasburg looks fantastic. He looks phenomenal. Okay, but can we wait till he wins ten major league games? Can we wait? Can we wait? You know, you know who would like him to wait, Bry? Mark Pryor. Mark Pryor is, you know, what he's saying right now. Everybody should just calm down. Everybody should just really take a step back. You know who else is saying it? Kerry Wood. Kerry Wood just said, you know what, guys? Everybody just chill out with the Steven Strasburg stuff. Just chill out. I know he's. He, I, I look. I watched it. I saw. It. He looks magnificent. You know, he's throwing ninety mile an hour change ups, Bry. I mean, I know, and, and it's and it's a nine uh, mile an hour difference in his fastball. I mean, I get it. He's very, very good. He's got a world of talent. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He could be great. But can we wait? Do I have to bring up the eight hundred other cautionary tales? You know, you see, that's the thing, though. People don't want to wait. They want. They want to jump right to. All-time legend. Right. Can he win 10 games? Can he win 10 major league games first? Why? It's not necessary. Yeah. He's just like Dwight Gooden in 1984. Well, Dwight Gooden in 1984 went 17-6 with a 2.76 ERA and 276 strikeouts. Okay? Can I see him have that season? Oh, wait. He's not going to. He's capped at 160 innings this year. So, enough. Enough. You want to stay on the Nationals uh, tip how about Bryce Harper, who hasn't even reached the year tw- uh, the age of 20, hasn't appeared in a major league game, and he's already the next coming. Yeah. That they're talking, you know, a lot of talk in Washington about what's going to happen in center field when Bryce Harper is ready. Yeah. Who's going to go where? And I'll tell you what, that's, that's, the Nats are not a bad team. No, they're, they're a good, they're, they're they're a good, good team. team. They run a lot of good arms out there. They have a really good bullpen. Their lineup is meh. Their bullpen is a lot better than I expected. But their bullpen is very, very solid, and that's without this Thorn kid who's hurt. Um, so the, I think the Nats are going to be good. I, You know what? There's no reason, and, and we're going to talk about the Marlins in a second and the Yankees, but there's no reason that the Phillies can't implode this year, by the way. There's none. I mean, I know they have the three aces, but there's there's no reason that team is guaranteed to win 90 games. I'm sorry. That's true. That that lineup is awful. And they, and I don't know when they're going to get Chase Utley or Ryan Howard back. You know, what why what's to say that the Phillies can't have if one of those pitchers gets hurt, Cal? Why can't the Phillies have the 2009 that the Mets had? I mean, what's what's stopping that? There's there's not a lot. There's there they're literally they're one injury away to those three guys from that happening. Their yeah. bullpen's not very good. They're kind of ripe for that too, after a number of years of, of exactly. prosperity. Exactly, and they're old. I'm sorry, I just 
I think they're going to struggle to score runs all year. And I don't trust Jonathan Papelbon in a big spot, nor should you. <laughs> well, but the, the, so well, then. They lose the last two games of that series. Now they get the day off today. Now, what do you think, Brian? Is is Wright going to play tomorrow? Well, the 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 word that you get out of the team is that he, he's not going to do any further damage to that broken pinky. And basically, as long as he can tolerate the pain, he'll be back in the lineup. So it really depends on him. doesn't sound like they're going to put him on the DL. Yeah. He's not, he's, he should be ready within the next week and a half. So why, why put him, take him out of the lineup for that much time? But, you know, I forget who it was on Twitter. You know, it was, it was, um, it was Rich Catino. Mm-hmm. Rich Catino, who, who writes for, for WFAN.com, does a great job. Really Excellent. one of the and, – and you and I have both talked about it. You've complimented him directly. He's really one of the only level-headed Met writers yep. out there without an agenda, without Jets the too. negative snark. Yeah, Jets too. Jets too. That's right. And, you know, everybody is, is, is saying, oh, here, here it happens, you know, it's the Mets again, and he's hurt, and he's going to be out for three months, and, you know, broken – and he, his, his approach to this, which I totally agree with, I want to give him credit for it because it was it was his thought, is that it's April 12th or whatever it is. You're playing in cold weather. You've got a broken finger. Why fight to push to to get back in the lineup now? Wait until you're fully healed. You've got an, uh, an entire season ahead of you. And the other point that he brought up, which was excellent, is that David Wright has a tendency to make adjustments when he's healthy. He makes adjustments all the time, and he screws himself up. He overthinks things. He's going to make an adjustment to protect his finger. You know, he started off the year so well, and he's doing everything right. His approach at the plate has been better than it's been really in in a couple of years. Yeah. Why risk him getting out of that groove by having him try to play with uh, play through pain? You know, it's great that they're four and two, and you want them to continue the momentum of the good start, but not at the risk of screwing up David Wright, either mechanically or physically, for, for an extended period of time. That's fair. I, I I agree with that to an extent, or, or to only to a point. And I'll tell you, that point for me is having broken four or five of my fingers, uh, lots of times, it just depends on what the fracture is, though, Bri. It may not be – he may wake up tomorrow, and it may not hurt very much at all. You know what I mean? It's like a busted pinky. It's not a broken thumb. It's not – you know? Like, I just – I'm glad they're doing it this way. Like, wait. Wait right. wait a couple of days. Wait till the swelling goes down. It's a, it's a small fracture in his pinky. You know what I mean? It's not like the – you know the the joint is displaced or something like that. It may be a tolerable amount of pain. It may be something that just sort of stings a little bit. You know, you, you just wait. You don't know. Right. And if he picks up a bat tomorrow, and if he picks up a bat tomorrow and he has to make all sorts of adjustments to uh, to deal with the pain to swing the bat, then DL, then DL him. You can retroactive DL him to the other day, and DL him and and, and let him take the two weeks and get fully healed. But or maybe like, not even maybe not even DL him. Just take it day by day. But then you leave yourself short, Bri. Well, and with that team, you cannot leave yourself short on that bench. You can't leave yourself short for too long, but maybe maybe you don't have to do it. In, well, because they're not deep, Bri. They're not. No, I know. They're tr- they're 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 thin as a piece of paper. They really are exposed. I do 
I, I just think wait till Friday, see what it is. If it's if it's not playable, then just DL him and get somebody else in here. Because you can't continue to have Ronnie Cedeno playing third base. And then the beautiful part is... Although he did go three for four the other night. Yes, I know. And at some point the other day, you had, uh, uh, around the infield, you had three guys that were better second baseman than the guy playing second base. <laughs> <laughs> you had you had Turner, Tejada, and uh, Cedeno. Right. At first, short, and third. And Murphy at second. The actual second baseman was the worst of the four. Was the worst was the worst second baseman of the four guys on the infield. Right, and you could very easily have made the adjustment to put all four of them at their best position. Right, which would have been Murphy at third, Tejada stays at short, Turner goes to second, or Zidane, what No, what would you have done? You could put Murphy at first. Because he's better than Turner at first? Is that the argument there? Yes. Oof. I think Murphy's best position is third base, though. It probably right? is. Yeah, if you put Murphy at third, well, then you couldn't have put all four of them at their best position. Right. It, either it way, it was, you know, I understand <laughs> it's, it's, they don't want to move Murphy for a short-term period. That's, that was a, that's a funny, I hadn't even thought of that. Right. Yeah, Flood, Flood had said that. You realize right now that, that the three other guys in the infield are all better than, than the second, better second baseman than the guy playing second base. I, there's a lot to like of this team in the first week. The bullpen was way has been way better than advertised, um, especially the first four games. But they weren't bad in, in the loss the other night. Um, they were terrible yesterday, but everybody was terrible yesterday. I mean, they walked into runs yesterday. Uh, but I think the bullpen is going to be a lot better than people think. I think Barbie Parnell's taken a nice leap. I know he got knocked around a little bit the other night, but... He could have been out of that inning if, if Murphy doesn't kick that double play ball, one of three. There's a lot to like there. That's all I'm saying. I think Duda will hit. I think Ike Davis will hit. I think you have a huge problem with Jason Bay, but I think I think that's going to wind up being a platoon, Cal. I really do. With but who? I think when Torres comes back healthy, you will see Torres in center field, and you will see Neuenheis stay up and platoon with Bay and left. Really? And then this way you can find out about Neuenheis, too. You can find out about Neuenheis and find out if he's a player. Uh, because, I, I hate to say it, Adam Rubin uh, is right. Uh, at some point, you have to start worrying about Jason Bay's 500 at-bats because it vests his contract. Right? He has the vesting option with 500 at-bats this year or 600 next year. He gets that that next year, right? He gets that fifth year. My God, that is a bad contract. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen. Everybody, everybody, you want to get on Omer Mania for that contract. But the trendy thing this week was to point out that all of the homegrown players that were in the Mets lineup were Omar Mania's draft picks. Yeah, and I want you to go read Flood's blog, patrickfloodblog.com, uh, and exactly what he says about that. Because uh-huh. he, he dispels that myth very, very quickly. The other day, the Mets started eight homegrown players. Eight of the nine players uh, starting the game were homegrown products. And the only one who wasn't had actually played in the Mets minor league system, Jason Bay. But he was not drafted by the Mets. Right. Um, but go read what Flood wrote about that. It's very, very and, – and everybody was trying to say that this sort of exonerates – Omar Minaya from being a bad GM. Oh yeah, I mean that was when they were four and zero. 
Everybody right. was trying, oh, I hate to point this out, but those are Manias picks. Right. And as Flood said, most of them are mid to late round picks that no one ever expected to be any good. And if anything, it's a testament to Terry Collins and the minor league instruction. Exactly. Than it is to Omar Manaya. His top picks that are in that lineup are extreme disappointments, and five of them are not with the team anymore. Fernando Martinez. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Carlos Gomez. Mike Pelfrey still here. Right. Um, so that's very, very misleading. Very misleading. Yeah, Flood killed it. Flood absolutely killed it. And he had one of the funniest lines I've ever seen. I retweeted it today. Uh, it was just so – it was Kirk Newen. Uh, he had notes on the series. Uh, and it was – the line was something like, uh, Kirk Newen Heiss's hair has officially made him king of the lax bros. <laughs> This is Kirk Neuenheis has this like, am I saying it right? Neuenheis? Neuenheis. Neuenheis. Has this uh, magnificent blonde, real like, sandy blonde hair. Like, what's up, dude? Well, he's, I mean, he's right out of central casting out of Santa Monica, California. Right. He's got the map of SoCal on his face. (laughs) He's got a tan. (laughs) Right. And so Flood's line was, I think we can officially, (laughs) I think we can officially name Kirk Neuenheis king of the lax bros. As in, dude, lax, bro. All right, lax, bro. (laughs) That just made me laugh ridiculously out loud. Yankees, Brian. And then Ozzy Guillen. Uh, Yankees, holy cow. It it, it never ceases to amaze me. They start out 0-3, then they go spank the Orioles around. <laughs> well, they didn't actually. They could have lost two of those games quite easily. Yes. Uh, uh, that team is getting – that Yankee team is very old to me, it seems. But the scuttlebutt is the same every year they get off to a slow start the last three years. Mark Teixeira, entire contingencies that think he's done and he stinks, and entire contingencies, including Mike Francesa, who come rushing to his defense. 100 RBIs, 39 home runs. Yeah, he's got to hit better in the clutch. All right? And go glove first base. Okay? So get out of here. You're lost. You're lost. You want to get rid of Mark Teixeira. Guy called up the other day, uh, Brian, and he was spot on. He said, Mike, he said, first of all, the guy was wrong automatically because he talked sabermetrics. So that was... (laughs) (laughs) It's a language he doesn't even acknowledge. Right. You knew you were going to get hung up on for that. But the guy was trying to make the point that RBIs don't don't mean as much as they used to. RBIs on a team that scores 835 runs, 100 RBIs is not that impressive. Like Nick Swisher knocks in 100 runs. Right. So it's not not that big of a stat. And RBIs are completely contingent on – not completely, but – are very contingent on the players around you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have guys getting on base in front of you, guess what? You're not getting 100 RBIs. So it's it's a flawed stat. And so the guy was trying to say, like, you know, RBIs really don't mean that much anymore. Get you lost. Lost. <laughs> you scored 109 runs. Well, Mike, they scored 835 runs last year. Okay. You you could have put anybody, you could put a lot of guys in that lineup, and they would have scored 100 runs and knocked in 100 runs. I mean, Nick Swisher did that. Is Nick Swisher some sort of all-star? 
Come on. You know, so I, I think Mark Teixeira is in decline. I, I really do. Well, but the other thing you got to remember is that every year in April, he does, he bats 100. Oh, I know, but he only hit 248 last year. It's not like he pulled it all the way up to 285. Well, last year it was April and May. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, he hit 248 with 39 home runs and 115 RBIs or whatever. They scored 850, you know, 35 runs. At some point, you got to admit that the guy's declining. Well, it, I you know, Declining might be a strong word. He's certainly slowing down. He's, he might not be what he once was. But he's still going to be productive in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can necessarily write him off just yet. I'm not saying you have to replace him. No, of, co- of course not. Nor am I saying he's going to have the precipitous decline that Jason Bay has had, which is inexplicable. But... You know, if the guy hits 245 with, you know, 25 or 30 home runs this year and barely scrapes 100 RBIs, which don't mean anything anyway, you know, can we, can we, you know, and, and hasn't gotten a clutch hit in three years? I think that's the bigger issue. Well, but they, they go hand in hand. How many of those 39 home runs last year meant anything? Well, they, how many, they, how many were up when they, how many were when they were up 12 6? You know, remember, in, in, in Yankee land, nothing matters until October. So that's what so that's what they're measured on. Yeah, well, you know what? The Rays are a better team. I'll go ahead and say that. The Rays have a much better rotation. Much better. Markedly better. And the Rays are a better, a better defensive club. Yankees are terrible. I mean, the only team that may be worse than them is the Mets. Defensively. Well, the Rays are the Rays are more athletic. Yeah, absolutely. And they got a little more fire. The Rays are a better team. Give me all the All Stars you want. The Rays are a better team. Who do you take, Joe Madden or Joe Girardi? Joe Madden, and twice on Sunday. Yeah, right. Without a doubt, I think yeah. Girardi's tremendously overrated. All you need to know about Joe Girardi is that he walked a guy <laughs> with his ace on the mound in the first inning of the opening game of the season to load the bases. The first inning with CC Sabathia on the mound. I, I'm not saying that the Yankees are on their way to an 82-win season. I'm just saying I, the Rays are a better ball club. I see a lot of better ball clubs in the American League. I think the, the, I think the Yankees are going to win one of those two wild-card spots. Okay. You will go that far. I would. I would. Okay. Um, I think the Angels are a better team. Agree. I think I think what helps the Yankees is uh, the Red Sox appearing to not be the Red Sox anymore. Totally agree. Um, I think Detroit might be a better team than the Yankees. They are, to me. Um. Toronto's got a good little team, too. I don't know if they're better than the Yankees. Toronto, Toronto's going to be awfully tough. If one of those pitchers makes the leap, you know, if Ricky Romero makes the leap, Toronto's tough. How about how, uh, about, the, how about the Texas Rangers? Well, the, the, yeah, the two-time defending AL champions. Yeah, pretty good. They're okay. Yeah. The, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough league, you know, and 
winning a wild card this year is not like winning a wild card in years past because of nope. the extra. You, you don't. You do not want to be a wild card team this year. That's right. Yep. There's actually something to winning the division this year, which I think we both love. Yes. No, we adore because it it also means that maybe the Mets will have a shot at something in August. I would I would wager to say that uh, PJ likes it too. I think PJ hates it. Yeah. I I think I think he's he's happy with the extra wild card. You know what I do want to talk about with the with and and bring PJ in on it because I'm sure he's read about it too. Is this Ozzie Gian thing? Hey, Did you we, do you remember when he was Ozzy Gijen? Gijen, yes. <laughs> what? You're French now? <laughs> he's Creole. What happened? Right, he's Creole. Ozzy Gijen. <laughs> the, 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 look, Cal, we we talked about this with the guys or whatever. Uh, this Ozzy Gijen thing, I want to get PJ's take on it because he's the outsider. Uh, you know, not Not the sports fanatic that we are, but he also, I'm sure he's been keeping up with it. It's been in the regular news been on HuffPo. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. Whoa. What? The way you said that. Come on. What? The way I said HuffPo? You didn't say HuffPo. You said HuffPo. Uh, I was out of breath. <laughs> what, I was Charles Nelson Riley when I said it? Mm, HuffPo. <laughs> we are all doing the world's worst Charles Nelson Riley. Bye-bye. Uh, if he were dead, he'd be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> he's with um, us. I had no I idea. I think he's still with us. I think he might be. I think the glasses are still getting uh, <laughs> inside the actor's studio with Charles Nelson Riley. So good. Forget Ozzy Gian. Ozzy Osbourne just announced uh, a tour date. He's going to be appearing with Black Sabbath. I thought. Wow. I thought you were going to say Ozzy Osbourne just announced he likes Fidel Castro. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, do it. Do it. Do I know what? you got one. <laughs> to have it. No. Oh, oh man. What a I letdown. Won't do, won't do it when pressed. All right. All right. Um, wow, going on tour with Sabbath. That's fantastic. And also, Axel in music news, Axel Rose turned down the Hall of Fame. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, he did. Axel Rose oh. turned down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Apparently, he wrote a letter. To the Hall of Fame. <laughs> was it written in that uh, like that really crazy font that he used on Use Your Illusion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that font that, that the lyrics were written in to make you think he's disturbed. <laughs> I heard so, that he did. Uh, so I heard that he did 405 drafts of the letter before. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Right. He started writing the letter ten years ago. That's right. <laughs> And uh, he brought in a whole bunch of other writers on it and fired writers. And, it was yeah. hand-delivered by Buckethead. <laughs> he didn't trust the Postal Service. That's right. <laughs> you know what the one of the bigger problems was? He kept layering like more and more, you know, different words and different use, you know, used all sorts of different uh, genres of writing. And <laughs> he, Yeah, he wrote the first multi-track <laughs> letter. Ever, right, right. The first 32-track letter. He did seven types of ink. <laughs> and there was a dolphin involved somehow. I don't know why. But and everybody left dissatisfied. So what can you do? That's correct. And he was three hours late to writing it. 
How was that Axel Rose letter? Eh. Eh, meh. I read better. Um, <laughs> so, one of the things about the Ozzy Guillen thing, of course, you and I, Cal, as Met fans, had said uh, a while back about the Marlins being a reality show this year and, and uh, you know, what was it, real world, <laughs> real world South Beach? Yeah. Um. You know, and and Ozzy Guillen and in the confessional and Hanley, you know Hanley Ramirez and Reyes and it, right with peanut butter, right Victor Zambrano down there like a complete circus act waiting to implode. It took four days. Yeah, <laughs> it took four days of the baseball season for this interview to come out in Time Magazine where Ozzy Guillen uh, says, you know, basically Fidel Castro is not a bad guy, and uh, he respects him. Right, he respects him because he's been he able to... respects him for you know, hanging on so long or something like that. For hanging yeah. on so long. But, it, but unfortunately for Ozzy, it's not the first time he's sort of come out in favor of Fidel. He's also Venezuelan. I I had no idea uh, of the rift uh, between uh, Venezuelans and... and uh, there's 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 Cuban-Americans and Venezuelans. And there's, a, there's some bad blood there. I had no idea. Um, it had blood. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's. It's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy. But I. So I didn't know about that. You know, he's also come out. Uh, Ozzy Guillen has also come out in favor of Hugo Chavez, and, and so there's a lot of politically charged stuff here. But it comes down to this. To me, first of all, it's not a free speech thing. Everybody tried to make it a free speech thing. It's not a free speech thing. Nobody's putting Ozzy Guillen in jail. He can say whatever he wants. Um, it's a free country. But if you say something like that and your employer is the Miami Marlins and South Beach, and I'm sure Ozzy Gann has a writer in his contract that's probably 87 pages long. <laughs> like I, I'm sure that half of, of his contract is taken up by a behavior clause. You know, I... I I referred to it the other day, and somebody said this was a good way to refer to it as the conduct unbecoming clause. And if you represent the ball club in any sort of way that we consider unbecoming, we have the right to suspend, fine, fire, etc. Right. Dumb Ozzy is so dumb. How, How dumb is he? Dumb Ozzy is so dumb, he called Fidel Castro a blank. Let's go to Dipsy. He called Fidel Castro <laughs> the maestro of communism <laughs> and the team not brittle. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go to Brett Summers. Brett Summers. I thought about it. <laughs> I just put cross-dresser. Fidel <laughs> Castro's a cross-dresser. Very good. Uh, oh, Nelson Riley? <laughs> he thinks Fidel Castro's a what? I don't know. Poppy <laughs> dresser. Wow. <laughs> I just I just wrote Queen. <laughs> okay, as we're done. Um, it's not a First Amendment issue, so throw that right out. It's not a free speech thing. 
So throw that right out the window. But Bry, he says, I think it all depends on where he's working that includes the word South. Because he said this on the South side of Chicago, and no one really seemed to care. Yeah, it was really much ado about nothing the last time he said it. Right. Now he's in South Beach. Yeah, well, that's yeah, it's a little different down there. There tends to be a Cuban or two more. You might be they, they might be a little more sensitive to something like that in that area. Well, th- all right. So the the Marlins suspended him five games without pay. Is that is that just? Did you feel that was just? Do you feel that's going to do the trick? Do you think he keeps his job? I don't know. I you know it's, I have a hard time believing that he's going to get fired for this. I really do. I think if he had been with the team for five or six years and this happened... He's been there ten minutes. He's been there five games. Not even. (laughs) It was three games. He was was, uh, suspended. (laughs) He's been in Miami nine minutes and he's already managed to alienate the entire Cuban-American population there. Which accounts for maybe like... (laughs) Right, which is like (laughs) 1.5 million million people in Miami. Um, I mean, they're calling for a boycott of of Marlins, the new Marlin Stadium, and that and everybody has said it. So I'm not. This is not my own original thought. If if the ballpark doesn't sell out because people are staying away as a result of what Ozzie Guillen said, he'll lose his job. But I still can't see it happening, though. I you know here's a an angle I was talking about with my buddy Matt, who again is a, sort of a casual. Uh, uh, you know, casual sports fan or whatever, but he's also my political go-to guy. You know, like I, he and I have uh, had many a political conversation. And Matt was saying, "What do you, what do you make of this? You know, you're going to talk about it on the show." I said, "Yeah, we definitely will." Uh, and Matt was saying, "You know, here's the interesting thing. I don't know if you can fire him without facing a really big wrongful termination suit, because, I mean, first of all, Ozzy Gann would be giving up a." Losing a lot of money, right? He has like a five-year deal, or something like that. Like, they, if they fire him, they'd have to pay him off. If, yeah, they they would they would still owe him that money, right? But I'm saying, if they fire him, Bry, they could try to terminate the contract to say that he's in breach of contract because of he defending right. the ball club, right? Because you're not going to pay a guy for five years after he only managed three games, three games, and so you'd have. One hell of a wrongful termination suit on your hands. That's a good point. And, you know, he wouldn't necessarily – you'd have to prove that when he was speaking in Time magazine, is he representing the Marlins or is he representing himself? Is right. It, is the reason he's in Time magazine because he's manager of the Marlins or is it because he's just Ozzie Whatever. Like, obviously, that could get super litigious or whatever, and I would love to handle the depositions. But um, <laughs> but uh, placement, <laughs> placement, TSD reporting for all your deposition needs. Um, the worst product placement ever. Terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my goodness. Um, what do you call it? I I just don't think they can fire him unless it gets really. Uh, does it get really bad? Well, how bad? How bad would really bad have to be? Hey, look, I think you only not... get fired is if you bring up Hitler or the baby Jesus. <laughs> That's right. That's true. And, and you I know, just brought the... up both, so I'll see you later. 
the classic uh, example uh, of that is Mart Schott, who, of course, said something so idiotic, so ridiculous, but she owned the ball club. So Major League Baseball had no choice but to fine her, right? Did they not fine her and suspend her? I think they suspended her. Yeah. So she was suspended by Major League Baseball when she came out and said something about Hitler being good or something. Something so idiotic. Uh, Adolf Hitler was initially good for Germany. That's right. Because he made the trains run on time. Good call. Right. Explain, uh, March. But, but you, you, PJ, you hit the nail on the head. What he said... Is that a Jesus comment? <laughs> oh, hey, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he was good. He was good in the beginning, but went too far. Right. He just went too far. That's all. He she was also annoyed when umpire John McSherry died on the field. That's right. <laughs> Snow this morning, and now this. I don't believe it. I feel cheated. This isn't supposed to happen to us. Not in Cincinnati. This is our history, our tradition, our team. Nobody feels worse than me. Poor man's dead. Right. This is what Peach, what they're referring to there is uh, umpire John McSherry had a heart attack on the field in opening day. I think it was 95, 96? 1996. Yeah. 96 had a heart attack opening day on the field. Died on the field at the Cincinnati uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, and she was all pissed off because it ruined her day. That's a horrible and dreadful story. Yeah, she was a sweetheart. She was a good gal. Really a good gal. Shot was quoted in Sports Illustrated as speaking in a cartoonish Japanese accent <laughs> while describing her meeting with the Prime Minister of Japan. I mean, just, wow. She's the best. She didn't miss anybody. I'm sure there's some African-American stuff in there, too, while we're at it. I mean, but, she, you, but you know what? She, was, she wasn't suspended. For the Hitler comment? No. Right. She just... She just sold her part of the team three years later. That's how she went away. Maybe they couldn't suspend her. I mean, it is a free country. I, I guess. And she, she doesn't work for Major... I mean, as idiotic as you are, she doesn't work for Major League Baseball. She owns the team. Well, that is a free speech issue. You do always have the right to be an idiot. Right. <laughs> That's the unfortunate part of free speech. Uh, she didn't want her players to wear earrings because only fruits wear earrings. <laughs> uh, she was known for not wanting to hire scouts, stating that all they ever do is watch baseball games. Right. Why would you want those guys? Wow. What? <laughs> only fruits wear them. <laughs> really, uh, really great. Yeah, uh, basically, your racist grandmother owned a, uh, owned a baseball team. Lot of lot of comments about the uh, about the African Americans using the politically incorrect term. Right. So basically, everyone's racist aunt, great aunt, owned a baseball team. Oh God. Oh my God. Don't Margie drink. Don't. <laughs> wow. Aunt Marge is drunk again. <laughs> Here come the epitaphs. <laughs> Here it comes. So, All right. So. You know, these are funny quotes, and you may be saying, what does this have to do with Ozzy Gijen? Well, here's what it has to do with him. She made all of these comments, and this, now granted, she was the owner of the team, but happened to her. she was not disciplined for them. She can't be. You know, it's like you said, it's, it's free speech. Now, Ozzy Gijen, but he's an employee of the Marlins. 
Right. They have, and and this wasn't from Major League Baseball. This was from the Marlins. Right. Which which was good because Major League Baseball didn't have any responsibility in. They have no jurisdiction here. That's right. Completely inappropriate for them to take action on him. Yep. And I think the other thing too is that what I'm trying to understand is that basically what Ozzy Guillen said, you know, uh, about Castro, where he said it and where he works is akin to saying something like that about Hitler. Yeah. I mean, for those Cuban-Americans, and for Cubans, that's, it's, you know, I'm not comparing the atrocities. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I'm saying, we can't really wrap our heads around that. We don't live in Miami. We don't know what Fidel Castro is to Cuban-Americans and what he represents. Right. It's it's bad. It's not you got to like know your saying, neighbors. I think it comes down to you got to know your neighbors. Yeah, it's 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 not just saying and then to be apparently to be a Venezuelan guy and say this is like worse. You know, or to you know to be from Venezuela. So again, like you, you, what he said is really bad. Really bad. Now, let's let's try to figure figure this out. It's hard to figure out what's going on in his mind was he was he speaking honestly and off the cuff or was he trying to be you know a little bit you know towing that line as an outlandish statement uh, what what do you make of of why he made these comments well, he said he said it was he had two quote unquote excuses one of them i buy the other one i don't the one that i buy is that his mind is <laughs> the way he sort of put it is that his mind is in Spanish. His thoughts are in Spanish, but he's speaking English. So it so it came out wrong. In other words, he gave the interview in English. Right. But what he's thinking is in Spanish. So the way he's hearing it in his head is in Spanish. And the way it came out in English isn't right. I can almost understand that because I do know people who English is their second language. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what they're thinking... You know they're thinking with their na- native language brain, and it comes out in their in in the English is bad, like it's not right. So I do sort of buy that to a point. His other excuse though about being taken out of context, I don't buy for a second. Nah, because he said it before. You know he said things like this about Fidel Castro before, so you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. As, as a famous president of ours once said. Roger Daltrey? That's correct. <laughs> president Daltrey? President Daltrey. I had a Pakistani neighbor when I was living in an apartment. And he spoke, he, he was obviously thinking something different in his head than what came out in English. But okay. uh, he he wanted to know um, from me why Americans were always dancing. I was down. I was down in the mail room, and he's like, "What are you? What are? What are you mailing?" I said, "I'm getting my mail. Someone is stealing my mail." I said, well, "It wasn't. It wasn't me. I haven't seen anybody around here stealing. Stealing mail." He said, "Dude, I'm going back to Pakistan because Americans are always dancing. Too much." Wait, and that, was that was the whole conversation. But I, that's not what he meant. Was he an old Jewish Pakistani? Americans are only dancing. Night of a thousand really bad dialects. 
and and all of a sudden we're a morning show. Now PJ's doing bits about his Pakistani neighbor. <laughs> now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we're Cal and Sam Pete in the morning. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Six fifty-seven a.m. Here's PJ with the weather. It's a hot one out there today. Ooga. I think we're going to be joined by Pakistani PJ in just a couple of minutes. What are you? What are you mailing? You're mailing something. Uh, when when do we do the phony phone call? Uh, that's coming up in just a minute. Nice. I just right after the break. Uh, PJ, I do love that story though because you're absolutely right, and I've had that happen as well. When you're talking to somebody whose native language or, or English is their second language, there's, there's a lot of funny. Strange results. Yeah, he gets strange results. Like he obviously didn't mean you Americans are always dancing, <laughs> and that's a problem. Like, apparently, he learned English by watching Fame or Footloose or Footloose. That's right. Not sure what he meant. Life is but not I footloose, sympathize my with friend. His well, yeah, and and you know, I think if you're in the limelight, like you're, uh, you know, like Ozzy Guillen, and you're giving an interview to Time Magazine, hey, do it in Spanish, and have them translate it. You know, like do it in your native tongue. So you really, you know, it's like when Kramer says he's going to give little Jerry Seinfeld a, a bath. <laughs> And Jerry says to him, hey, Kramer, uh, be careful. (laughs) Be careful. Be careful. Give little Jerry Seinfeld a bath. Yeah, Kramer, yeah, be careful. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, the Ozzy Guillen stuff is is fascinating. I want to get to the fun load, guys, unless PJ has another old Jewish Pakistani. (laughs) How did he feel about the pastrami? The pastrami is uh, always uh, with the the pepper. With the pepper? (laughs) You Americans are always dancing, and the pastrami always has the pepper. I think we're talking in code now. (laughs) The pastrami always has the pepper. Americans are loading their babies too much. <laughs> Before we get to the fun locale, I just wanted to throw in, we talked about um, uh, hard knocks last week with the Jets and the nonsense, and then Rex came out and said he was against it, while Woody said, we'd be open to it. Why not? Let's sell jerseys. Um, and the, apparently hard knocks is going to be the Falcons. So yeah. allow me to just say, for Jet fans everywhere, Wish you. I think Rex gets it. I think Rex understands. You don't win championships with talk and PR. You don't beat the the Patriots by being on hard knocks. And I think it absolutely cinches the idea, when Woody's so interested in it, that Tebow is Woody's idea. It's 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 hard to dispute that. 
It, it's, it, I, I think it was for. I think they went to Rex and said, "Look, Woody wants it. Can you work with him?" Yeah, I guess so. Fine. Now, I don't think Rex Ryan for a second wanted Tim Tebow. I really don't. Maybe not. Or the circus that comes with him. Before we uh, and and the other thing before we get to the fun load, Cal, I had uh, our buddy Craig uh, wrote in to me. He's listening, and he can't call because the wife is sleeping. Okay. But he did want to say this about uh, Guillen. He said, uh, you have to understand, Ozzy also has to appease Venezuelan fans, and Chavez openly supports Castro, and there's a huge fan base there in both countries. Communist comments were not appropriate at all, but his mind is set differently than Americans is. Americans are. No justifications for what he said, but his mind is different than most of us. This is a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, again, the Venezuelan... The, 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 I don't think we fully understand the Hugo Chavez tie-in with Castro and communism and stuff. Like, I don't think we get that. So, um, again, it's not a justification by any means. It's, it's you know, it doesn't matter. He still shouldn't say it. Right. Or if he's going to say it, he's got to pay the consequences. And the consequences are, if you're employed by the Miami Marlins... Cuban population 1.5 million <laughs> in a new ballpark. Eh, not so good. Okay, fun load. Did you guys see uh, what I wanted to talk about in the fun load? we got a couple minutes. Yes. PJ, did you? Oh, my cat's here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was hoping for a different non sequitur. Got anything else? I'm out of milk. <laughs> so the fun load tonight... <laughs> Uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs started. We were talking about that before. And Cal, the Stanley Cup is the, uh, I think, the best trophy in sports, right? In professional sports. Um, explain the best trophy. Okay, so there's two ways to look at this. There's most coveted trophy, uh, and and that would be most coveted championship. That's not what I want to do. Or we could do that. Or we could do the actual trophy itself. The physical hardware that you receive for winning a championship. Right. You have the Vince Lombardi trophy in the NFL. You have the Stanley Cup in hockey. You have the uh, the commissioner's trophy in baseball with all the pennants going around. Right. And then, uh, what am I missing? Basketball, you have some ridiculous thing. Uh, it's something, o- something O'Brien... The O'Brien Trophy, we'll but I, it's not Pat O'Brien. Uh, so book of rocket bit, coupons from Wendy's. It's a, it's a Pat O'Brien Trophy. It's got glasses on, and when it comes back, it's going to talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> it's a ball. It's like a big basketball, silver yeah, basketball. It's not, it's not, that it's may not. be the worst impression of the night. <laughs> that wasn't no good, Pat O'Brien. Not nasally enough. How did Pat O'Brien just dead water? Is he dead? No, Pat O'Brien? Are you sure? Pat O'Brien? Well, he should be. The insider. Coming up later, we'll go up Miley's skirt. Yikes. I'm, I'm watching that. Uh, hey. hey! You didn't know that was just in the news? They they they, uh, they snapped the Miley Cyrus upskirt uh, photo. It's a big, huge scandal. Nice. Yeah. She also, she also uh, tweeted a picture of her, uh, like, smelling... Fast food, because there was a rumor that she had an eating disorder. 
So she yes. tweeted a picture of her smelling a bag of fast food, and, and it says, and the caption was, I can't eat it, so I'm going to smell the blank out of it. I can't eat it, so I'm going to smell the blank out of it. Nipsey Russell. Uh, Fanny Flag. Fanny Flag. That was what I couldn't think of. Fanny Flag. Thank Fanny you. Flag. Where did she go? I can't eat it, but I'm going to smell the feet in it. <laughs> now you sound like Keenan Thompson doing the trials. <laughs> Uh, oh boy. The classic Stampede impression, once removed. That's correct. Right. I love it. And I do impressions of people doing impressions. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so you're completely blowing up the fun load here. Stick with me. <laughs> Four trophies. Oh, just forget it. No, let's do it. Come on, this is fun. Miley's also being accused of going in public and showing too much side boob. Will you stop? Really? Yeah. She's wearing shirts with uh, with no brassiere. <laughs> side boob. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Such a great Family Guy moment. <laughs> family Guy's Family Guy's pretty much jumped the shark, haven't they? No. No. Beautiful show. Love it. Love it every it's week. It's still great. I haven't still, watched it. Still really great. Really. Still yeah. Maybe I need to get back into it. That's my they, bad. They though. revisit quite a few things, but it's still great. <laughs> that was when Peter had the side boob channel. <laughs> it was just all gonna be just all shots of side boob. <laughs> my side boob. Well, that's taken off because now there are side boob blogs. Yes, I know. So I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's... so disturbing. Um, by the way, anybody see the trailer for Ted? Speaking of not, uh, Seth MacFarlane, not at all in my favorites folder. What? <laughs> Anybody see the trailer for Ted? Not yet. No. Looks tremendous. Is that the Seth MacFarlane vehicle? That's the Seth MacFarlane one where he's the voice of Mark Wahlberg's teddy bear. Got it. But uh, like foul, foul mouth, ridiculous Boston teddy bear. <laughs> that like somehow lives with Mark Wahlberg. And, like, they're, like, roommates, and, like, Mark Wahlberg meets a girl and stuff, and she's like, you got to get rid of Ted. And it's him doing, like, a Boston accent. It looks very funny. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Stanley Cup, <laughs> Commissioner's Trophy, Lombardi Trophy, Bat, the, the Pat O'Brien Trophy. You want to throw the Masters green jacket in there? No, I don't. Okay. Just going trophies. Uh, and the comparing Ma them you to... Can, there's a sizable trophy at the Masters. And comparing them to yes, that big check. Comparing them oh, to then, there's a trophy ceremony as well as the jacket. But the the jacket's the important thing. Who cares about the trophy? I could say the same thing here. Yikes! The Stanley Cup is the Stanley Cup. You get to take it. Every player gets to have it. They add your name to the thing. It's been around for a hundred years. It's the Stanley Cup. It's like the Blarney Stone. I just want to compare them to the four acting trophies. Hmm. The Tony. Yes. The Emmy. Correct. The Oscar. Yes. And the Cable Ace Award. That's correct. I would go stag. The Clio. 
<laughs> the Cleo. No, the Golden Globe. The Golden Globe, okay. Would we all agree that the that order of uh, best trophy would be Oscar, Golden Globe, Emmy, and Tony? Or uh, actually, well, you could do it, you know. I think you put the Tony over the Golden Globe. Yeah, I think so, too. What about a Grammy? Grammy's music. Just want to stick to acting. You're just sticking to acting. That's right. Kids' Choice Award. Is not a nice trophy. Okay. How about what the about, MTV Award? What about the SAG? SAG Award is the mask and wig and stuff. It's 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 really it's hackery. Plus, you got to uh, no no good. No, no good. those are the those are the four. Look, jerk store is a funny line, and it would work on a smart audience. Okay, we're we're going with Oscar, Golden Globe, Emmy, Tony, and I'm. Okay. I'm saying the Stanley Cup is like the Oscar. That would be your analogy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my analogies. You guys can give me yours. How's that? Oh, great! I love this game. He's being facetious. I hate when he's facetious. Yo, I'm not tired anymore. What happened to tired Cal? I'm energized now. All right. Oscar is the Stanley Cup. Okay, the the trophy, the one that you want, the best trophy in sports. Uh, I have uh, uh, the, the Golden Globe as the uh, Major League Baseball trophy. It's nice. Not thrilling, but nice. You have the uh, the Tony to me is the uh, basketball trophy. Nobody even knows what it looks like. <laughs> and then the Emmy is uh, the Lombardi trophy. It's very nice, very coveted. Now, I may want to – okay, I'm going to stick with that. What do you got? Um, mine's easy. I would I would agree with you on all four of them. Really? I would. I don't, I don't think – I don't think – if you rank them in order of, of, of importance or, or covetedness – That's different. Uh, co- okay, so we're doing covetedness. Do covetedness, okay. Okay, so it's in sports, Stanley Cup – is one is is one to me. I agree. Uh, the Lombardi Trophy would be two. Okay. The the Major League Baseball flag trophy would be three. Right. And then and then the big the the silver basketball on a stand would be a distant four. Yeah, it's like you know that's that's one of those things where they give it to you and and it's like it's yeah it's great but give me the champagne you know <laughs> just kind of pass it off. Right, like we had to have a trophy. Right. We had to give them something. Now, I, see, I would argue that the championship rings that the players receive are much more coveted than the trophy that they win. Except the Stanley Cup. Except the Stanley Cup. Like a Super Bowl ring is so much more important to a player than winning that trophy. Cause it, the Lombardi's come a long way, though. Yeah, it has. You're right. They do the ceremony on the field now, right. which they never always did. Yeah, the Lombardi's come along. I feel like the Lombardi's a lot. That's why I think I made it the Golden Globe. Did I make it the Golden Globe? No, you made it the Emmy. I want to swipe. I want to switch that. Because the Golden Globe has come a long way? The Golden Globe has come a long way now. Yeah. The Lombardi Trophy itself has probably moved into second now. But wouldn't the Golden Globe be more like an AFC Championship Trophy? 
Right, and the Lombardi is the Oscar. Uh, right, because it's kind of like the <laughs> right. the, the uh, Hunt Award, right? Isn't that the Hunt Trophy? The, yeah, one, of them, uh, one of them. The Golden one of them Globe is, is like getting picked for the All Star team. It's the you know it's the foreign press <laughs> voting, and the fans vote on it. Actually, yeah, getting little, voted little, for the getting voted for the All Star game is like the People's Choice Award. That's right. Choice a little too much. Right, it's the People's Choice. It's the Lamar Hunt Trophy, correct? That's the AFC Trophy. That's the yeah. AFC. The NFC is the uh, the, the Hallis uh, Trophy. The, the Hallis Trophy. Right, George Pop Bear. Uh, all right, so that's a great call. The People's Choice Award is definitely like making an All Star game. That's true. Yeah, I like that. I think I I like where we're going. See. All of this is because the Stanley Cup... All right, I got to hold a miniature. All the players get miniatures of the Stanley Cup, by the way. That's right. When you win a Stanley Cup, you get a miniature exact replica. You know, And only the players that win that Stanley Cup get it. And I actually got to hold one. That's the, And I also saw the Stanley Cup when I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. But um, And I took a picture next to the Stanley Cup. If 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 we if you've been to the Hall of Fame, everybody has it's the same thing with the same. Yeah. I mean, it's really impressively displayed. It's fantastic. Like the Stanley Cup is like a grail. It really is. It I was really expecting is. to see like an old knight there, right? With <laughs> arm, you know, guards with with swords and the yeah. Knight I was Templar. Ex- <laughs> I was expecting to see like a knight Templar there. Like knew you'd come. <laughs> Must choose. Choose wisely. <laughs> and of course, the greatest line in any, maybe in any Indiana Jones movie ever. He chose poorly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's either that or you expect to see some sort of French Canadian Mounties around it. Something, right? It was very very cool. Um, but I get to hold the mini one, and uh, I mean just. It was. It, it's. It's just awesome. Like you can't imagine the Stanley Cup. Can't imagine it. That's the one. That's why when you see like players like, uh, you know, all the players get to keep it for a week or something like that in the office. That's yeah. That's that's great. And you see, but you see guys like with it in the pool and stuff like that, like at a pool party and stuff, like really like sort of disrespecting it. I get a little annoyed. It was at the bottom of somebody's pool. Maybe Mario Lemieux's pool. It might have been. Well, he's such a classy guy, Cal. <laughs> all right. Let's oh, let's boy. not go there. Oh boy. Did you see the did you see who's on the statue that he put out in front of his uh his his team's arena? No. Mario Lemieux, the owner, one of the owners of the Penguins, is he not? He is. Yeah, so nothing like erecting a statue of yourself out in front of your arena. Oh, and guess who he's guess who it's against? Uh I uh probably uh Probably the Islanders. Yeah, that's correct. It's yeah. it's a uh, it's a statue of him going between Richie Pilon and uh, the famous goal he scored. Uh, P.S. They lost that series, but um, yeah, that's the statue he put out front. Wow. Of him of him splitting Richie Pilon, and not even of him scoring a goal. It's him going between two Islanders. Right. Again, really um, great uh, to put it that series they lost. To the Islanders. That's correct. It's the last, it's the last series, last playoff series the Islanders have won. That's also correct. <laughs> no, it's not. What? No, it's not. They Shinsen? won. The, they, didn't they win the first series uh, with Pekka? 
No, they lost that to Toronto. Oh, they lost that series in seven. You're right. They lost that in, in seven. Right, because Pekka got hurt, and so did Janssen. We could do this all night. We're over time here. That's okay. Uh, uh, real quick, Joe Neuendijk presented the Stanley Cup once to his blind professor. What was at, that, like on a at, very special at Cornell, at Cornell University? Wow. Yeah. I like there's, that. There's a book. There's a book called Why is the Stanley Cup in Mario Lemieux's Swimming Pool? <laughs> and it's all kinds of tales of where the cup has right. uh, has wound up. Yeah, don't get me started on Mario Lemieux. It's just the title of the book. Good, good. Should be. What is it doing in Mario Lemieux's swimming pool, Cal? I, I haven't read the book. You no. find that disrespectful, don't you? Uh, extraordinarily so. Wow. Probably holding the liner down. He might have had a bubble. <laughs> and that's why he only won two. Oh, just two. The prestigious trophy has held everything from beer to infants. <laughs> See, now that's a trophy. You I mean, can't do that with any other trophy. That's that's right. What are you going to do? Put an infant in the commissioner's trophy for baseball? As a matter of fact, they, I don't believe the players get any time with the other trophies. Like no. that, right? Like uh, a, 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 a Super Bowl winning player doesn't get to take the Vince Lombardi trophy home with him for a day, does he? Exactly. Well, exactly. I don't think. Yep. They, now they they but like I said they do sort of march the Lombardi around now. Like it used to be just like give it to the owners or whatever. Now that all the players sort of touch it and they take it around and the ring is still the thing, no doubt. Right. They run it around like the Olympic torch. Yeah, they, they, they kind of do. They really do. They much more celebrate it now than they used to. And they do it with the baseball trophy also. Yeah, the baseball tro- trophy is always to me presented to the owner in the. The owner and the GM and the manager. Like, the players don't give a crap about the trophy. Uh, and it definitely recalls the Seinfeld episode with George Costanza driving around the parking lot of Yankee Stadium, <laughs> the, dragging, the trophy. dragging the trophy. So he fired. <laughs> Were either of you ever impressed by the championship belt of the World Wrestling Federation? Uh, no. Maybe, maybe when I was nine. Well, that's what I mean. No, not, it, not really. It, it always changed. That's right. It was never the same. They always had a different one. Every time you turn around, they always had a different one. Yeah, it's true. That's true. The the heavyweight championship belt is pretty impressive. Which one? In WC, boxing. WBA, no, IBF. WBF. When they were when they were united, Cal. All right. Well, that was Back what was boxing cool. was boxing. That's right. What was cool about that was when they would walk around with all three championship belts. Right. <laughs> because they were the unified champion of all three uh, right. federations. And and you had to be a heavyweight champion just to lift right. all three of them at one time. You'd have one around your neck, one <laughs> around your waist. You'd have your boy carrying one. Rory Holloway was always <laughs> carrying one. Rory Holloway. <laughs> Tyson. That's my boy Rory. All right, we got to end the show, boys. Let's end this thing. All right. Hey, uh, let's do this. Uh, final unload, PJ. In addition to uh, suggestive photos of Miley Cyrus, I will also be vlogging heavily uh, suggestive photos of Selena Gomez. 
Hey. Oh, I don't know if that's. I don't think that's. If you're pushing a little perfectly, bit, perfectly legal, and not at all creepy. Have you done your due diligence on that? Not at all creepy. Okay. We'd like to thank PJ for his participation in Ready to Unload. Tonight will be his last episode. Thanks, PJ. And we wish him well in his future endeavors. <laughs> Good luck in your future endeavors. Give Ozzy Guillen a call. All right, Cal, final unload. Uh, I am excited about the Knicks. Eight games left, two games up on a playoff spot. Hopefully by this time next week we'll be, uh, we'll be really gearing up for NBA playoff talk on this station. Uh, on the station. On this show. On the station, right. And uh, my final unload is uh, Mike Wallace passed away. Uh, and somebody brought up a great point. You know, Mike Wallace, uh, a great broadcaster and stuff. But I remember him from the Biography Channel. I've always loved the Biography Channel. And uh, I, 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 I found him very educational. He's one of my favorite biographies. He, he's not as good as Peter Gray. But I have not come here to disrespect Mike Wallace. No, uh, honestly, uh, Mike Wallace was a fantastic broadcaster and uh, a guy that I thought was really great. And nobody really said anything about him passing away this week, I felt like. So, uh, anyway, Mike Wallace, thanks. All right, that is all the time we have on Ready to Unload. Check out the website, www.rtusports.com. PJ is writing a lot of funny stuff there. He wrote a song for Notorious Lightweight. And uh, we'll be back next week uh, probably with Bill Pito. So check us out then. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.